Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, April 26th, 545 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. We've got July corn futures up seven cents at 805. December corn is up six and three quarters at 740 and three quarters. July soybeans up 16 cents at 1691 and a quarter. November beans up 13 and a half at 1507 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up 25 cents at 1097 and a half. July Kansas City wheat up 21 and a half cents at 1174 and a half. July spring wheat up 15 and three quarters at 11.93 and a quarter. Uh, if you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Leave me a rating. Leave me a review if you have not already. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, we are only like 100 subscribers away from my longstanding goal of 5,000. So if you're uh, watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like these videos, leave me a comment. It'd be much appreciated. If you need some additional assistance or information from me, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service, guys. It's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel it at any time. There's no other fee. There's no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, but you'll get a ton of information from me every single business day. My morning email goes out before 6 a.m. Central uh, every business day. That email includes all of my grain marketing recommendations, a ton of weather info, uh, charts, graphics. My daily subscriber-only videos are included in this package, and I do a new one every single business day. I did one yesterday regarding the second Brazilian corn crop and some of the weather issues that they're experiencing. I think this is a big deal personally, and I ran through the entire situation. I run through maps, uh, production maps, all that sort of stuff, uh, weather forecasts. So if you guys are interested in this sort of content, uh, give that premium deal a shot, guys. U.S. winter wheat ratings declined again. We had our crop progress report out yesterday. I'll start off with winter wheat. So the crop is rated only 27% good to excellent nationally. Uh, that's down from 30% last week and way below the 51% average. This is the worst winter wheat rating seasonally in 33 years. You got to go back to 1989 to find one worse than this. USDA said that 70% of U.S. winter wheat areas are experiencing a drought last week. Uh, we saw weekly declines in conditions in Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, South Dakota, Illinois, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, and North Carolina. So you've got this uh, potential now for a light U.S. winter wheat crop paired with this Ukraine situation. It's all uh, a friendly story, certainly. Weather forecasts offer really no relief for these key wheat areas of the U.S. Southern Plains, which are drought-stricken. And I'll run through some weather maps here in a second. When you look at corn planting, we were very slow there. USDA reported that only 7% of the U.S. corn crop is planted, up from four last week, way behind the 15% average. This is the second slowest planting pace since 2010. It's behind only uh, 2013 was slower. We're actually slower than we were in 2019, and 2019 was a historically uh, very slow year. Uh, when you go state by state in regard to corn, Illinois is only 2% planted versus 15 on average. Or I'm sorry, that's Iowa, 2% versus 15 on average. Illinois is 2% versus 21 on average. Indiana, 1% versus 10 on average. Nebraska is 10% versus 11 on average. Ohio, uh, uh, is zero versus five on average. Minnesota, zero versus 10 on average. Missouri is 10% planted versus 29 on average. So still very slow. Uh, soybean crop is only 3% planted versus one last week, five on average. So slow moving there. So again, all of this has to go back to uh, wet, 
cool conditions uh, across the Corn Belt, Northern Plains, especially problematic, but just uh, very slow everywhere. When you look at the radar here this morning, we do have a, a storm system kind of moving its way out through the east, and then we're going to be dry for a few days. You're going to see some rains come back in, uh, say, Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week. And really over the next seven days, uh, a lot of the Corn Belt is going to be on the drier side, with the exception of Missouri, which will be wetter. Uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, northern Nebraska will be wetter. So I think you'll see some, some increased or improved uh, planting activity, but this is still not perfect. Temperatures are not quite where they need to be a lot of places need to dry out um, and warm up a little bit. So not ideal, but looking a little bit better. A lot of Brazil has turned dry. And this is an issue. This is a, a very important time frame for that second and larger Brazilian corn crop. So you look at the forecast that I've got on my uh, screen here, there's really not much rain in the forecast uh, over the next week. And even the extended forecast out through you know the first full week of May doesn't really offer much. Temperatures are going to be above normal. Now, to this point, USDA and most analysts, they've been working with the idea that Brazil would produce a record corn crop this year, despite some issues with that first corn crop in the South in particular. But you may start to see reduced crop estimates in the week ahead. Uh, this is important. Brazil is the world's second largest corn exporter behind the United States. I think this is is probably a bigger deal than most people would uh, lead you to believe. I know that most of the talk in regard to corn is, you know, U.S. planting and U.S. weather. Uh, this is probably a bigger deal at this point. If those planting and weather issues here in the U.S. continue for another two or three weeks, then, yeah, that maybe becomes the bigger issue. But for, for now, this Brazil thing may be something to uh, watch, certainly. Russia says that there is serious risk of nuclear war or conflict in regard to Ukraine. Uh, Sergei Lavrov, who's the Russian foreign minister, said this in regard to a nuclear option. The danger is serious, real. It can't be underestimated. Now, he went on to say that Russia is willing to talk to the U.S. in order to resolve the confrontation. Um, they said they're going to continue negotiations with Ukraine, although both sides, Russia and Ukraine, have essentially said that the, the talks have reached a stalemate. This is not the first time we've heard Russia mention or refer to a nuclear option in regard to the invasion. Uh, so this uh, Black Sea uh, situation, uh, the invasion of Ukraine appear, appears to be escalating and not going in the right direction. Grain storage issues continue to be a concern in Ukraine. Bloomberg reporting on this here this morning. Uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine began during a key period for the country's corn exports. Reuters reported uh, a few weeks ago that 500 million bushels or more of corn were stuck in Ukraine, and I did a video on that uh, a couple weeks ago. Some corn is making its way west to Europe via rail, although that system is, is largely inefficient. Uh, Bloomberg reports this morning that 5% of the country's grain elevators uh, in Ukraine have been damaged and that another 15% can't be accessed. Depending on what sort of crop is ultimately harvested this fall, storage could become an even bigger issue there. The International Grains Council expects Ukraine's grain stockpiles to be four times the norm. USDA did report some flash sales of soybeans to China yesterday, a total of almost 20 million bushels. Uh, not a bad day. Uh, 12 million bushels to China uh, for a split between old and new crop was the first sale. About 80% of it was new crop. And then the second sale was almost 8 million bushels, all for new crop. So you've got some pretty strong soybean demand here, despite high prices. And a lot of it is, is coming in for new crop. And I think this all dates back or goes back to uh, the light crop in South America, certainly. Cattle market had an ugly, ugly day yesterday, and I think most of it had to do with that cattle on feed report, which was bearish. Uh, we'll see if we can find some footing here today. The U.S. dollar is just marginally higher. The S&P is 13 points lower ahead of the cash open. The Dow's down 100. Bonds up a little bit. Gold's up 10 bucks. Crude oil is uh, recovering just slightly 
after that sell-off yesterday, still sitting uh, below $100. Everybody have a wonderful day today. I'll talk to you guys same time tomorrow.